to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for me? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello and welcome to this week's Geeky Brummy podcast. As you might be able to tell, I am not Ryan Parrish. This is Philip Ellis keeping the captain's chair warm for him this week. I'm joined by special co-host Keith Bloomfield. I shall do the Riker manoeuvre over the number one chair. (laughs) Stylishly. We're also joined by Guy Halford. Do we not get to be co-hosts, the rest of us here? Nasty. You just be the grunts. Victimised. You're the the other nameless crew members. (laughs) Red shirts. Yeah. Uh, Lee Price. Hello. And Twiddle the Knobs, as always, is Mr. Callan Danes. <laughs> all right. How are we this week, guys? Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks. Okay, all right. Well, let's go around then. <laughs> Guy, what have you been up to this week? Um, I did something with Ryan. That's why he's not here. <laughs> we just can't look each other in the eyes anymore. Um, we went to Ghetto Golf and... Um, is it as hipster as I'm imagining it? Yeah, it's very much hipster. Yeah, it's as hipster as you imagine it. Um, it's good fun. I really enjoyed it. Personal highlight. Ryan wasn't doing very well. Let's put it out there. He's going to be screwing as he listens to this. But let's face it, he wasn't doing so hot. He kept missing a lot of shots and getting quite annoyed. Uh, and uh, getting frustrated at Viv for winning. And... Um, <laughs> So anyway, Ryan lines up a shot, and there's some uh, there's one particular thing like a video rental shop, like it's been designed like that, and there's some like old video cases on the floor, like to so you have to obviously get the ball around that. So Ryan lines up his shot, squares himself up. It's like I'm gonna hit the big one here. He hits it. He hits the video cases, which are literally like maybe a thirty centimeter ruler away from his feet. He hits those. They bounce back. They hit his foot. And the ball rolls right behind him, about 30 <laughs> centimetres behind him. The frustration of him, I swear he was going to like smash the place up with his golf club. He was not a happy man. And it didn't help that I stood there laughing at him for quite a long time in his misery. So that was the highlight of your week? That was a highlight of that event. But also, mm-hmm. um, we uh, there was two groups of us. There was like seven of us. We had to go around in two groups. And uh, the expectation is that you sort of play the hole and then you move on. And uh, we uh, we were as a group, so we wanted to watch each other play. And others of us, I wouldn't say Ryan and his massive gaff. Um, excuse me, I'm doing a little bit of a passing wind snacker chat wind there. Um, so with Ryan, um, your yeah, Ryan was rubbish. That's the upper part of the story. So anyway, we I think Ryan is the reason. To be fair, the hold up happened, but we we're all watching each other play, and you know as we do. And uh, this couple were behind us. Of, Potentially on a Tinder date, we reckon. But anyway, literally for the whole, from about hole seven onwards, they were there right at our feet every time we were playing. And the moment that anybody was near the hole finishing off, that was it. The guy was red dead, taking his <laughs> first shot. Like he just would not wait for anybody to leave the course. Um, he uh, it, and honestly, they just followed us around like they were part of a group. 
and were just literally just staring us down every time we were just mildly having a few jokes or having a laugh. So you were third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth wheeling their date? Kind of, yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Was there date going well or was it going like oh, do you know what no Carlin like he they barely spoke and when they had moments to sit down and talk to each other they didn't say anything honestly like she looked like she wanted to have a good time or she'd been literally bullied into going because mm-hmm. he took it really seriously and as well you know when you play mini golf you play it as a group don't you, you sort of like you you take it in turn so one person hits the ball the next person hits their ball there's a group element of enjoying where the ball lands and taking the shot from the next place he just played it straight through so he'd like hit his ball Go and hit it again. Go and hit it oh, again. And that's oh, it. Done. And that's so, why they caught up to us so quick. He was playing golf, not crazy golf. Yeah. And honestly, like, ugh, they just, they look like the worst people in the world. And I don't care <laughs> if you, you were behind us and you listened to this show. You looked like boring people. You should have, like, just asked us to go past us at some point so you could have cracked on, gone to, like, Weatherspoons for some food, and then had boring sex because that's what you looked <laughs> like. You literally just looked like the most boring couple. Like, oh, should we do it tonight? Only if it's missionary. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I bet you, bet you guys balling quickly on that one. Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh. So they honestly, like, they were literally on our feet the whole time. It was just so frustrating. And he just looked sad the whole time, like, ang- sad and angry. And it's kind of like, mate, have fun. You've paid £10 for this. You're actually getting more bang for your book by having to wait for us. So you're experiencing this longer. Instead of rushing around and getting it done in 20 minutes, you're actually enjoying this. You're getting a bit more of an experience. You get to laugh at what we're doing. And we're funny as a group, so enjoy what we're doing. You know, laugh at Ryan's expense for missing the ball and hitting his foot. But no, no he's just, like, honestly, like, just the look of a... Like a droopy ass on his face. It was just, it was just <laughs> tragic, man. So yeah, that was uh, that was entertaining because Ryan lost as well, which uh, was even funnier. And, um, I'm getting the distinct impression that Ryan was very bad at this. He wasn't. I mean, he's going to kill me, but Ryan, I love you to pieces. But golf's not your sport. It's definitely not your sport. Um, but no, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. We definitely should do it as a group. Uh, I also learned as well that like. Making and forcing people to watch TV as a joke can backfire. Um, last night I was watching Doctor Who, forgotten that I paused it for five minutes to get my dinner out the oven. All weekend, Laura had been going, really looking forward to watching Louis Ferrou this weekend. There's a new Louis Ferrou series. Literally, I'm, I'm so sitting down Sunday night, and like my, my girlfriend's a teacher, she works really hard, you know, she doesn't get a lot of time to sit down, so she was really looking forward to watching this show. <laughs> I um I thought it would be a good laugh to put still open all hours on at eight thirty and hit the TV remote and said no I'm going to make us enjoy this I'm going to make us watch it just for comedy value we're going to sit and watch this because it's you know it's so bad I want to see how bad it is I would have hit you <laughs> right that's not funny right, that's just like... you being an utter git that you're right, just a right. horrible person right like, how so. is that yeah. Anyway, we watched it through. She didn't laugh at all for the whole show. Like she was just genuinely like, "It's this not is, funny, this is stupid guys. It's ridiculous." And I was like, "Okay, okay, whatever." Anyway, I was like, "Cool, I'll put Louis Farou on now." Anyway, I changed it to BBC Two, and then it came on. It was already on. The clock said five past nine. The amount of trouble I was in was not good because Wait. I'd made her what. I paused the TV, Callum, because some of us have Sky, which is a luxury. Yeah. Students, you know, you have what, now TV. So you turned it over and you missed five minutes, is what happened. Yes, but this okay. is the thing she'd been looking forward to all weekend, yeah. and I made her miss it to watch a really rubbish British sitcom. 
So all I'm hearing is like, hi, my name's Guy Halford and I'm kind of a pillock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's all right. That's okay. fair. All right. Well, I mean, I didn't think still open all hours was that bad. <laughs> it was all you, right. You just said a mouthful, but I'm sorry, Guy, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Price, what's your week been like? Uh, it has not been great, considering that I have been ill for most of the last week. Oh my god, this disease is <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Oh, nobody tell us this, man. We're going to get I'm, I'm a lot better now, it's fine. Um, I'm sort right next to him, he's pretty bad. I'm not that close. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but uh, in between, just mostly just sleeping and trying to sleep that off. Um, watching Netflix and uh, getting baffled by the Super Smash Brothers direct that happened this past, past week. Okay, so can you explain to me, I've, I've seen yes. this a lot on Twitter, people talking about this, but I don't mm-hmm. know what this is, so can you give me okay. a one Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. You, you haven't heard that I've, before. I mean, I've seen that porno. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, um, Super Smash Brothers is um, a Nintendo fighting game where they just take characters from other games and they just fight each other. That's the the series. So people get very excited when they do announcements and stuff because they're wondering, oh, what characters are going to be in it from which games and that sort of thing. And um, at this Smash Direct, they revealed that one of the characters that's getting put in the game is a generic piranha plant from Super Mario Brothers. So just the plant <laughs> thing comes out of the pipes. And you can play that as a character. As how, a character, how, yes. How does that fight? Um, it kind of hops around in a pot. Right. And it obviously uses its mouth to attack mostly and and things like that (laughs) (laughs) and it just looks bizarre quite frankly like it can it's just it's such a weird choice is that the best fighter you can get in the game no there are much better things like you know you've got people like um, Ryu from Street Fighter's in there and Cloud from Final Fantasy 7 and Solid Snake from Metal Gear and things like that they're all uh, all in there as well but you know they've now also announced a piranha plant is that because they're trying to appeal to people like Callum, who who, who is basic, and will think, when he's choosing his fighter, like, oh, this one's got really good strength and speed and, and punching skills, but this plant is cool, I'll go with the plant. Is the plant, like, designed to be really bad, so it's just like a, just, you're literally just playing it for fun because it's so terrible, I or think, is it, like, actually kind of okay? I think it might be, like, the joke character of this one, because... Okay. It's the Callan Danes of Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. I, I, genu- I, I would genuinely play as the plant character just for the banter. Like, I bet that's genuinely fun. Yeah. Just use the term banter on this show. <laughs> it's not the lad bible. <laughs> I mean, the last game did have the Wii Fit trainer, so, you know, they, they've done joke characters before. But he would be, like, really pumped up and really fit because he's a Wii Fit trainer, so mm. he looks, like, good to go. She just uses yoga poses, and that's her attacks. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know who would win in a fight out of the Wii Fit character and the plant from Mario. Is it Mario? The Wii Fit character. <laughs> Clearly, because it's a plant, Callum. It's a plant. <laughs> well, you can find out on December the 7th when the game... <laughs> Ah, oh, some fantastic games correspondence yes. there. Um, <laughs> do you ever get the feeling that at, at, at Nintendo they're just sort of smoking a load of weebie? Like, oh, oh yeah. you know what we should do? Oh, this yeah. would be really great. <laughs> is have a piranha plant mm-hmm. and, and and a yoga instructor in a room. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what's going on with them. So, are we saving Callan to last? No, no, Callan, Callan. Callan. Why are, we sa- why are you saving me tell, to tell, last? Tell us, Callan, what, what, what have you been up to this week? Uh, firstly, Callan, I need to ask you uh, about something. This is a question that's come from our host, Ryan Parrish, who, okay. who is not with us today. Baba Goose Audio. 
<laughs> Baba Goose. Okay, okay, Order. okay. It's not like, called that anymore. It's not Callan, called that anymore. Callan was looking for a name for a production company. I think if you put some real good suggestions out there, Phil, you suggested a couple of us. He went with Baba Goose Audio. What the hell is that? <laughs> so is that from the Russian meaning a, a, a nanny goose? Or is it an abbreviation of, like, gosling, like, baby goose? I feel like those that, are the first that... words he said when he was born, and his mum told him, he was like, that'll do. Can I just point out, Keith's the only person that I'm understood I'm not Keith! It. Oh my god! <laughs> not all ginger people look alike. <laughs> Phil is the only person that's actually got that right, and that it was just meaning a baby goose. So are you, sorry, do you consider yourself to be a baby goose? Uh, no, but it's like... Is that a tribe, like, otter or twink? <laughs> <laughs> So how did you come right. across this? Okay, so I had a few suggestions, and one of them that I really liked was Goose Productions. Why? However, because I just like geese. <laughs> why? <laughs> I just like <laughs> geese. Why? I just like geese. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> They're just like really unmajestic, but say so majestic at the same time in that they are like such weird animals I just love them I find I'm them no so animals weirder than you Calendines anyway so I wanted to call it Goose Productions but apparently that's already a company so I can't call it that is that is that for like a veterinarian service for goose maybe no there is actually geese a, I think I think they make TV I think they make stuff for TV but anyway we're no. not don't give them publicity well, we will give them publicity because you beat Calendines to it good on your Goose Productions <laughs> told anyway, this wonder and someone else said to me what about Bubba Productions? Bubba Productions. Bubba is like, like a baby, like a, a deering term. And so then I sort of merged well, that, the two. That's, that's opened a whole can of worms if you named your company that, if you ask me, Callan. What? what? So Bubba Goose was the... Was that, was my, that was what I decided to settle on. Although in hindsight, I've also, one week after naming it this, decided that I actually don't like the name and <laughs> Bubba Productions is actually better. Bubba so, Productions. <sighs> yes. Bubba Productions. See, that yeah. is like, to me, it's, I'm sure that's like an expression that Elvis Presley used to use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think? Bubba. <laughs> or, <laughs> how, how are you spelling this? B-A-B-A. So that's Baba. That's Baba. Baba Not Bubba. Yeah. I, I say Bubba. Bubba is the guy on the fishing boat in Forrest Gump. <laughs> You know, like you know, like Baba is like commonly associated with middle-aged women who turn around to be like, "Oh, how's the Baba?" You know, like because Baba is Russian for grandmother. Is it? I thought yes. that they say about a baby. That's weird. Well, that's because it's like baby, like a Baba, right. but in in Russian, Baba is a grandmother, like right. ba- like Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> Are you starting to regret this name choice now? Why not? Why not just Dane's Productions? Right. The reason I didn't put my uh, my surname in it is because I looked up. I think it was Keith that suggested something like Dane's Media, and I looked up. It's good. It's good. No, 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 no. I liked. I I liked it, but then I googled it. And the very first story that came up was about a serial killer who posted, <laughs> called Danes, who bragged about it on social media. And I thought, I don't really want that like coming up if they go to search the company name. So I'm going to Google this now while we're on air. Once you've started your production company, though, you'll push that news piece further yeah, just down have, the list. Just... That's how Google's kind of aggregation of, yeah. of clicks work. You just have to work on your SEO. That's the important thing. Here. What's an SEO? Search engine optimization. Oh my god, you are going to fail in this endeavor. <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, I have no idea about like search engines or like popping up online and stuff. Yeah, here we go. He's right. It was uh, an article about a killer that came up Daily Mail. Well, okay, don't oh. give them the click. I revenue. think there was another one. I think the Mirror posted it as well. Well, that's not even when I looked worth. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh no, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to read. Looks I'm like not him. Even gonna, he does actually. I'm not going to read that story. Is there out. something you're not telling us? Carl? I'm not going to read that story out. Um, yeah. So the name, you're happy with it? Yeah. Cool. We're not actually going to ask you um, how your week was because uh, we need to ask you about something else. Cool. So when if someone turned around to you, Callan, and said. Name me the most famous gay person oh, of all God. time. <laughs> like, who would you say? Sooner. Who would you say, Callum? Who comes to mind? Okay, Lee, oh, wait, who's the most famous gay person of all time if you had to think of someone? I mean, I probably would say Freddie Mercury. Keith. Who would you say? Let's say Freddie Mercury for argument's Bill, sake. Bill, just just yeah, just to emphasise a point here, who would you say? I think I'd say, as played by Rami Malek in the new film Bohemian Rhapsody, I would probably also say Freddie Mercury. Callan, who would you say? Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> so, for context, this isn't a conversation about who is the most famous homosexual. Um, it was just that on our Geeky Brummy group chat earlier this week... Mm-hmm. Um, Callan just volunteered to the group and if, if this were me I would keep this to myself this was out of the blue as well he just said no yeah. oh I never realised that Freddie Mercury wasn't straight which how how because I well it's, it's like it's another one of those moments like where you thought that Ziggy Stardust was a different person to David Bowie that's alright anyway he's, he's very flamboyant but I just and thought, that didn't give it away. No, 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 no. Because we don't judge on this program, and we accept people how they are. But he and was. So I didn't he was very flamboyant. Like, like, I didn't wish to assume his sexuality purely based on how he chooses to act and live his life. Right, I mean, but also just the general knowledge that he was mm-hmm. very much. I'm, I'm not going to say gay because there was there is talk that he was bisexual and he was notoriously yeah. private, but. Mm-hmm. He was a fan of men. Is 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 what I'm saying here. I I never really looked it. I never really looked into it because, to be honest, I don't. Really... I don't think you need to because, like, <laughs> most people know that information. Yeah. Like, it's I, genuinely quite common. I knowledge. kind of thought that he was just sort of like a. I didn't. I, I thought maybe oh God, he might oh have God. been, but I wasn't like sure of the fact, and I kind of just assumed that he could also just be an ally. In that he was being supportive and like changing cultural value, uh, cultural. Like attitudes towards it through his art and through his music. I feel like I feel videos. like you tried to try to make uh, intelligence out of your stupidity there. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway. Now, Callum, I mean, well, that you know what? Pretty extraordinary. Live and learn. Okay. I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. The film's a load of trash. I I have heard that it is. Yeah. But his performance is fantastic. Right. Like he's spot on. But the thing that got me was there's a there's a moment in the film where Freddie comes out because Gulliver Callan he's gay by the way in case you <laughs> didn't know. Um. So he's like he's talking to you, like Mary was his partner I don't remember her surname. Uh. And she's like come on Freddie you got something to tell me you got something to tell me here I know you have. And he's like I'm bisexual and some woman just burst out laughing in the cinema. Like no um, nobody else did, and it was just like <laughs> what? Like like are we still at school? Are, are words like that still punchlines? Did you did so you question weird. her about it? No, no, Callum. Because I was sat watching the film. I didn't go up and go, why did you laugh at that particular moment? But obviously, yeah. everybody in the cinema quite clearly thought, what the hell? Unless it was you. Well, unless you came to the realization that you were wrong. <laughs> unless she was just like, you know how like, when people are talking in the cinema and you laugh at an inappropriate time. If you're talking in the cinema. Shouldn't be in the cinema. Yeah, I know. Mm. Simple as that. Um, anyway, I mean, I, I, I want to know what he did this week because I mean that that was high point of stupidity. But what, what, also, how did you come to realise that? How was that conversation prompted? 
Um, it was. Oh, I was looking up his Wikipedia page for some reason, and then it listed the fact that he w- he'd been in a relationship with. He, obviously, he'd been married, and then was in a relationship with some guy whose name I've forgotten. Okay. Yeah, that's how it came up. And then, and then you were excited by that concept. I was just like, oh, fair enough. Cool. What else did you do this week? That well, I, I I can't wait to hear what other adventures. Nothing. Naive nothing that will top sort of that level of stupidity. Just... I mean, Callan, it is you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be something you're holding on to here. Like a, a little nugget. I have. Over... I have tried thinking, but I can't think of anything. Like most. <laughs> <moments, laughs> Can we cut that clip? <laughs> I have tried thinking, but it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I genuinely can't think of anything. It's just sort of been working and drinking sort of thing. I mean, I can get behind that. Yeah. But okay, mm-hmm. moving on. Mr. Bloomfield, what's your week been like? I had a rather pleasant week in Wales. Um, finally got to have a bit of a holiday. Haven't had one uh, in November. Well, <laughs> on tour. Yeah. But it's it's kind of pleasant because it's um, it's just outside of the Snowdonia National Park. So. On one side of the of the landscape, you've got the sea going out into kind of the Irish Sea, and then uh, the other way, you've got all you've got kind of Cadaridris and the kind of Snowdonian National Park and stuff. So it was lovely, and the sun was shining, and the trees were all different kind of colours, and um, it was just really refreshing. Um, did a lot of walking, uh, kind of coveted. There's a house. Uh, it's called the Madvac Estuary which kind of leads between where we were staying and Barmouth. And there's a beautiful little house uh, that's on the side of the estuary, which we've nicknamed the Lemony Snicket House. It's very gothic. It's not something out of a Tim Burton movie when he was good. And um, <laughs> it's kind of got towers and minarets, and it's got a clock, uh, and it's got a cave underneath that goes out onto the estuary. And I've always kind of imagined that if I was going to buy it, I'd turn the underside of this house into like a bat cave and have a boat that comes out. <laughs> And since I was last there, whoever it is that owns the house has now built a jetty and they do have a boat that comes out oh, of nice. the, the underside of the thing. And I'm kind of like thinking at some point when I've kind of earned enough money, I want to offer them an unlimited amount of money just to buy that house. Because I, I imagine it's haunted and it's kind of spooky, but it's kind of, it's like the Adams Family, the Munsters, something out of a Tim Burton movie and Lemony Snicket. And it's just just beautiful little bit of um, oddness just on the side of this kind of rocky uh, outcrop but it's brilliant so I kind of went and looked at that which was great because it caused no end of traffic trouble because the road to it hasn't got any paths and it's on a curve so I decided I was going to take a photo of the house and I just went on a walk towards it Uh, and as I got to the corner I kind of realised that there wasn't enough room for me and the cars so there was a point where all the cars going back in to the town had to wait for the cars coming forwards, well, I just stood there like a numpty <laughs> on the corner of the street going, yeah, this was probably a bad choice trying to work <laughs> here. Um, but, you know, just start smiling at all the people that were just looking at like, why the you hell know, are you in the middle of the road? They all stopped in awe of you, Keith. They were like, oh my God. But luckily, then I legged it back up the road to avoid any remaining traffic problems well, after, after I got my picture <laughs> and basically just went, you know, one day this house will be mine. But it was like, it was a beautiful house. I just wanted to go and get a closer look at it. Val, it's easier to do in a car. Val shall not cover other people's goods, Keith. This house is lovely. <laughs> so I ended up buying a, a postcard that has the Barmouth Bridge and this house in the background. It's like a, uh, you know, those kind of illustrations, very kind of 1930s kind of so railway So it's like sign. house porn, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of, of houses in general, uh, as bizarre that might sound. I don't like things like location, location or grand designs because it's like a home is where you live. It doesn't really matter. 
anything else. You know, it can be nicer, it can be better. A but house is not a, a home. house is a is a home when you're living in it. Um, but this particular house, it's just something about it. The way it just looks so just out of place there. It's not like any of the other buildings in the in the area, and it's beautiful. And the, for some reason, the clock only chimes at one. For some unknown reason, you've got some serious wood for this house. <laughs> it's a beautiful house. It's a beautiful house. I'll show you a picture of it. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful. Oh, house. So, so you're going to move to Wales then? Possibly. When I'm, I'm when I'm, I'm when I'm slightly older, I might move to the seaside. Um, Wales is kind of like it. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh my god! Oh god! Okay, half was... of Wales is attached yes, to England. Yes. The other half <laughs> is attached to the sea. It's kind oh, of a bit. I, I was thinking of the bit of Wales that's all sort of countryside, like in the middle. Yeah, Who's I wasn't thinking, thinking of like the coastal Wales. Are you sure you weren't <laughs> thinking of Wales as in like the animal? Because that wouldn't surprise me. Have you not heard of Cardiff Bay? <laughs> yes. Also, as well, the thanks, word "bay" should have been a clue. <laughs> thanks to uh, Black Panther, as well, we do know that at some point Wales becomes an independent country because the flag is on in the United Nations at the end when you see. Uh, T'Challa addressing the United Nations. The Welsh flag is prominently displayed in the background. How much detail were you paying? Were you paying attention to watch just, that film I to notice how much, how much detail were you paying to cultural <laughs> events like Freddie Mercury's sexuality and Wales being part of being attached to the sea, having a coastline? <laughs> you, do, you do realize that we live in the British Isles. Like we yes, live on a giant yes. island. It's we. There is coastline all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for somebody who's purportedly only able to navigate by water. <laughs> okay, most of Wales is not on the coastline. Like, no, most of it is, Cal. Yeah. Most of it is. Like, like 25% of it is attached to Britain, and then the other 75% of it is coastline. Like, no, but like... No, no, no. <laughs> that is an accurate bit of information. Would everybody else agree with that? It's oh, pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. You, know, you know there's mountains in the middle of it as well. Yes. bigger than hills yes yeah, what it. were you going to google at that point well, I was going to get up a map it, to how much out, of like, Wales is on the coast it's not like actually touching the sea because it's like inland yeah, but no but it is well it's in terms of the the the, uh, the exterior the circumference <laughs> of yeah. Wales most of it's attached to the sea yeah I mean obviously the interior is land yeah You've got all that interior space though that's not touching the sea, so it's but like you could say that about anywhere. Yeah, but we're talking about the, <laughs> yeah. the see that bit that's it. not attached to the sea. That's 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 land in it. I'm getting a migraine, so I'm going <laughs> to just move us along. Uh, uh, well, let's move along. How was your week, Phil? What have you been up to this week? Got I learned this week. I learned that Scotland is part. Of- <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, I I got trolled and had to sign out of Twitter for an afternoon. Oh, you um, which I, I, was a hardship for me. I felt <laughs> angry for you. <laughs> yeah, I saw the message. I was like, I'm, if I was Phil, I wouldn't be having that. What, what was this in response to? So I was invited on to the morning show on BBC Five Live um, just to talk about an article that I'd written about gay stereotypes. Um, I don't think I said anything particularly controversial. Which is unusual for you. That's the first. (laughs) And um, so when I got to the BBC, it was at the BBC Birmingham uh, in in the mailbox, Um, I got there and I was like, right, yeah, I'm going to here to do this radio interview. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to film it as well. And I was like, well, it's a good thing that I, you know, groomed my beard this morning, (laughs) made made a bit of an effort. Um, So I was put in front of this 
blindingly bright light and then just hold a stare straight into it um, and, and talk. And then they. And I mean, you're used to that, right? That's how you walk down the street. <laughs> um, and, and basically, like, uh, they, they took one very, very small bit of what I said and, and quote and put it in a video out of context, put it on social media, and then. And they tagged me in it. So then the replies started. <laughs> and I mean. It was. It was just. Yeah. It was. It was. It was not particularly pleasant. After the first like five, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to mute this. I don't need this. So I sort of. I muted the thread. I burnt some sage on my timeline, and, and all was well. And then I went back a few hours later, just out of curiosity. You know, like how when you've got a scab, you just kind of keep picking at it. It was like that. <laughs> I'm surprised you held restraint and didn't say anything. Well, I'm far too busy and important to wade down into the latrine where these people live. You know, I'm like, no, I'm like, let 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 them. You know, sort of get it out of their system. Like, it's like it's like it's like you know they're, they're they're incontinent and it needs to just come out. So just like whatever. I was disappointed Purge. when I went on your Twitter and you actually didn't do all that much responding. I was I didn't do any responding. Like, savage. Yeah. You did like general sort of oh, throwing oh, out their comments. I did like one reply where I was like, oh, this was out of context. Um, for for more like for a more nuanced conversation, here's the original article that I that I wrote and I linked to that. And I was like, this is what we were talking about. Just if you guys actually want to know what I was talking about. Other, instead of just like getting angry and you know messing your pants over nothing like a bunch of babies I feel that you learnt from my experience with the Max Street Preachers fans <laughs> <laughs> for my my responses to them that you like, I'm going to take the high ground on this I was so tempted to just start clapping back and start like quote tweeting and then I was like you know what no not even not even K no, <laughs> even K. no. And, and you know what woke up the next morning had an email from the BBC producer and they were like oh great news you were featured on the BBC homepage this morning I was like right well that's great outrage works people were you know saying all sorts of horrible stuff to me on the internet but then a picture of me was on the BBC worldwide homepage the next morning and it was a really cute picture thank you <laughs> if you were listening Ryan Parrish it's a lovely picture that he took of me at our friend Nate Crowley's wedding uh, I've been using it as a headshot and everything, but yeah, so that was that was featured. So you know what, I, I got my five minutes. I don't, I don't really care what anyone else has to say about it. Like I'm reading the comments as well. It was quite clearly like guys who, who had gone to the crapper at work, clicked on their newsfeeds, and that come up and then decided to write some comments. Like it was yeah. quite like it, honestly like. Some of the comments were ridiculous. They were basically like, oh, there aren't any women to harass on the internet today, so I'll go for him. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, I don't like the term gammon, but they were like the definitive <laughs> oh, gammons. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> and it was like, I, and I, did, I, I mean, I did get a bit curious. And so I looked at a few of them. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm being called a snowflake by someone with one follower. That's <laughs> one, the, the, the number one follower. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Me replying to him would be the most important thing that happens in his entire life, so I'm not <laughs> going to give him the satisfaction. You'd have probably given him more followers. Exactly, and I don't want to give them that. I don't want to expose my audience to that kind of nonsense, and I don't want to give them that platform. Also, mm-hmm. can we talk about like what you actually said? In the, I don't think it's unrealistic to not want random people getting like changed and like, oh, yeah. stripping in but front you of very, you. You made like, a very fair Regardless point. of like your orientation. Just... So, yeah, so for, for context, basically I was, I was talking about being sort of stereotyped as the gay best friend and, and I said, oh yeah, you know, it, it used to happen quite a lot that girl, like, girls who I was friends with and even some who weren't, who I just sort of knew like if we were hanging out in each other's rooms at university and stuff, um, would just like whip the tops off while they were getting changed and they would say, oh like, well, you know, you don't care, do you? You're gay. And it's like, well, you didn't ask me <laughs> and can you imagine if it had been the other way around and a guy just sort of getting undressed in front of you know a woman it's just like come on like it's it's not it's not okay 
Um, and then all the people were like, oh my god, I can't believe he's complaining that a woman was getting undressed in front of him. And it's just like, mm. okay, you are willfully missing the point, <laughs> so I'm not going to engage. I feel like everybody who responded to you, like the last last chest they'd seen, the last pair of boobs they'd seen, were their own. So. Or their moms <laughs> when they were a child. <laughs> this mm. is why they're responding to him, because they were secretly like jealous, like wishing they were in that situation. And they clearly have nothing better to do with their day. I'm just like, oh, get a hobby, you know, take up Fortnite or something. Like, if, you, like, if you're tweeting about that and you're interested in what he's talking about Pornhub off you go exactly it's not difficult <laughs> the upside of it is it's going to make your tweet impressions this month go absolutely astronomical look it? at the smallest <laughs> <laughs> Tweet oh. Twitter analytics this month you'll be going the last 28 days boom I mean, it's going to be big numbers those numbers are going to be gorge <laughs> did you gain did you gain like many followers from this have we seen some sort of like growth he's lost, he's lost track. there's been like a, I mean like a little spike but then like it's always like an up and down so I didn't really keep I wasn't really keeping track I did actually take myself off the internet for that afternoon because it was just like a bit was that hard it... <laughs> well I mean I went shopping and just sort of spent money I didn't have really I was like well I don't want to check Twitter so I'm going to go to the bull ring where there's no reception <laughs> before we move on I want to talk about something that me and Phil watched on TV I don't know if anybody else did but the inside number nine Halloween special oh. which was like one of the TV moments of the year I think I don't know anything about this so can you explain it to me Sort of like what, what, the, it's the, just the, a the quick show overall show or life in general like <laughs> so inside number nine it's um created by steve pemberton and reese shearsmith who are two of the guys behind the league of gentlemen it's an anthology series so each episode is a completely self-contained story um it's also a lot of it is done like theater so it, it's called inside number nine because it's every episode is set inside a location which is like number nine yeah so it's one setting and it's usually only a, a small number of characters and then they play with form and structure. So they've, they've done like a silent episode. They've done an episode that's told entirely through security footage. And each one normally has some kind of dark comic twist at the end. So it's a bit like Tales of the Unexpected or The Twilight Zone. Um, okay. And it's, re- it's really, really cool. And so they did a live Halloween broadcast um, this year. And it was. Without, no spoilers, just go and watch it on, on iPlayer. But yeah, it was really, again, it was really interesting just showing what they do with the medium of TV. I would recommend before watching it maybe watching the first first two or three episodes of series one because it does refer to them yeah yeah but genuinely horrifying even even if it, we weren't watching it live it was quite unsettling because you didn't know where it was going to go so yeah same I watched it on demand a few days later because I was away that weekend and it was still because I was still just watching it alone in my flat at night it was still very creepy the most I know about this was seeing on Twitter around the time that it finished, people were saying, R.I.P. Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith. And I, think, <laughs> and I think their Wikipedia pages had been updated to say that they'd like died under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> and I don't know the context for that, and I, I, I kind of like that I don't know the context for that. Yeah, so don't do no further digging. Just go in mm-hmm. knowing as little as possible, because that is, mm-hmm. and w- with every episode, going in, going in knowing nothing about what you're about to see for the next half an hour is the best way to enjoy the stories that they tell. I mm-hmm. think as well, like, they took the live TV concept episode, which is usually a backfire... And it's, and, and, every time EastEnders has tried it it's been a disaster yeah <laughs> so literally it just turned it on its head and it, it will be talked about for years to come it, I wish I'd watched it live I regret not watching it live so we're going to go with uh, something a little bit different now uh, a new feature idea and now time for something completely different I, as soon as I started saying <laughs> that I was like oh, oh that's not what I was going for the, the vibe I was going for but anyway yeah so 
we're just going to go around the room and talk about stuff that we like, really. I mean, that's basically what we spend most of the show doing anyway. Can I say Keith? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to go around and we're each going to talk very, very briefly about two things that we're currently enjoying. And that could be any kind of media or entertainment or content, uh, starting with Mr. Bloomfield. So strangely enough, both of my um, choices are related to comics. Uh, the first one I'm going to do is pick uh, a show that's running on Amazon at the moment, which I don't think a lot of people have either heard or watched at the moment, because um, we're spoiled on Netflix with Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones, and on uh, Channel 4 or wherever it is, you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. But um, running on Amazon at the moment is another show that uh, Marvel have put out called Cloak and Dagger, um, which is a sale of two teenagers who develop super. Uh, abilities and I think it kind of uh, tra- it had a trailer very early on possibly kind of early last year which didn't look particularly great it was a bit kind of it looked a little kind of teen romancy not particularly very uh, deep kind of you know a bit of a throwaway thing not to not to kind of diss or, or give things like Dawson's Creek any kind of stick but kind of that slightly more teen emphasis romantic type thing um, but it's turned out to be a really really great show um, it deviates quite a bit from uh, the, the the original comic characters, um, but if you enjoy very well written, uh, very interesting uh, characters, and, and I think if you're kind of if you're a teenager or mid teens, uh, early twenties as well, it's really it really is touching on a lot of things that um, are worth talking about, and, and I'd highly recommend it. I think if you can catch it on Amazon at the moment, uh, it's definitely worth giving it a go. The full se- full first seasons there. Uh, and I think it's done well enough in America to warrant a second season, which should be quite good. Um, but it's just one of those shows no, nobody seems to be talking about, which is very weird because it's a big Marvel show, which doesn't seem to get spoken of in the same way as the kind of Luke Cage's and the Iron Fist. And I would probably say it's as good as those shows, if not a little bit better on occasion. I think it, t- it takes a little while to get going, but I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very, very good show. Uh, and my second choice is it's just finished... Why? Why? Just going to ask. Um, all the Marvel faff that's going around. Why this one? Because it just seems like it's part of the pond on top. Like you got that Runaways. Uh, all they're just too many. Like Marvel. I don't think Marvel TV is as good as Marvel films. So what makes this one different? It's just a little bit more. It is. It's just different. I think that's the beauty of things like the Marvel TV stuff. In much the same way as the comics, is there's something for everybody. Is if you're into uh, guys punching each other a lot. I like the fact that as well then you use two song titles basically like Divine Comedy and Doctor Hook in your description yeah <laughs> but it's like it's, it's something for everyone so I think it's it, you have to have a breadth of, of content it's, it's no good having all shows be Daredevil that's just boring if you've got things like Runaways which I quite enjoyed I caught up with that when it, was, it ran on sci-fi why are they running away? because they're because they're being chased by the villains right okay so they're Runaways but th- th- I, I quite like that and it's got a dinosaur in what that's great I did not love Runaways but that's material for another feature at another time why is there a dinosaur in it because they bred one and Gert's got to have one so it's, it's based on one of the weirder runs of Marvel comics in my opinion okay but it was originally written by a, a, a writer called Brian K. Vaughan who most people will know now as the writer of Saga so he he uh, he created those characters, and it, it's it's a it's a reasonably interesting situation. 
and there's twists and turns and stuff and it's, it's, it's not too bad I thought the TV series wasn't quite as good as the comics yeah. there's things about it that you know it, a bit, it's a bit cheesy but I think where Cloak and Dagger works is it's slightly better than Runaways because it's taking that slightly teen angsty teeny thing but actually doing a lot more interesting stuff with it uh, and the, you know it's, it, it's just give it a try and see, see, see what you think but I, I'd say it's definitely worth seeking out and having a go um, so my second choice is another comic related thing which is an actual comic 500 kids into a bank <laughs> no <laughs> it's actually 5,000 Jamie Maddox's walk into a bank uh, no it's a, it's a, a comic called um, Multiple Man uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg who is the writer of Four Kids Walking into a Bank but he's taken uh, he's been doing some sterling work with the X-Men uh, in a lot of the, in, he's, he's been doing a couple of other X-Men titles uh, but he did a short five issue run uh, basically bringing Jamie Maddox back into the kind of Marvel universe uh, and his power is he can create duplicates of himself and the Marvel history of it is is that the real Maddox is dead and there's duplicates that are still alive but they can't live forever and well, Mr. it's, it's timey-wimey <laughs> Kind of, <laughs> but not. Um, but it's all timey-wimey, and there's kind of like future versions of him as different characters and stuff. Um, it just runs for five issues. It's it's funny, but it's also very kind of um, heartfelt and interesting. And I have a lot of love for that particular character because they stiffed him in the X-Men films. They made him a villain when um, Juggernaut turns up. He's in one of the cells in the van at the end of, kind of in the middle of Last Stand, and they make him a right div. It was McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> That's all I remember about that character. Yeah, um, but he's in, in the comics. It's a bit more of a kind of, uh, you know, he's, he's worked with Moira McTaggart and he's been at kind of various other points. He's been quite pivotal in a lot of X Men stories in the same way some of the other, you know, kind of characters people don't quite remember as being part of X Men history. I have a question for Callan Danes. If you had multiple versions of yourself, what would you do? Oh God! What have I, what have I, what have I you think that question that. through? Did you? You didn't think that one through at all. In in a clean way, Callan, <laughs> what would you do with multiple versions of yourself? I know what he would do. He would send them to lectures, and he would just stay in bed. Oh, of course he would. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty close, actually. I would just send them out to do like jobs on my behalf. So, like, I could have one of them go and record this while I still lay in bed. Have We'd probably like him more than you as well. <laughs> yeah. It would be an exact copy of me, though, wouldn't it? Well, they, the, the Maddoxes are exact copies, but they also retain their own sense of self. So they have their own personality. So it end, and you end up with the moral conundrum. So we might get smarter, do you, do you exploit duplicates of yourself to do the crap that you don't want to do? Yes, I would. Definitely. Ah. Well, that's that moral that's argument over with. That's our yeah. ethics and morals episode there. <laughs> so we wouldn't ascribe them selfhood, much as we wouldn't ascribe personhood to Callan Danes. Moving on to Mr. Halford, what are your two recommendations? Uh, I'll go for a couple of BBC things. So uh, it's been kicking around for a few years, about two or three years now, but I've only just picked up into it, and they've just been a special. Uh, it won BAFTA for Best Comedy this year, but This Country... Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. This is the best comedy on TV at the moment, hands down close with Derry Girls because that was genius as well but um, the basic premise of this country is it follows the Mucklow cousins Kerry and Curtin as they drift through life in the Cotswolds without jobs um, 
it's very similar to how The Office was when it first came out. It feels very fresh. It's got like it hasn't got any music, so it's got that like raw mockumentary feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels like a new voice in comedy with this this pair, and it's genius. Both the characters are just they're so oblivious to how stupid they are but they're quite nice characters they're they're likeable that's what i was gonna say it's it doesn't ever feel exploitative it's not like they're sort of pointing at you know rural unemployed Mm -hmm. people and being like oh aren't they stupid it's like they find the real empathy there and you actually do warm to the characters even when they sort of make sometimes quite baffling choices yeah Um, because ultimately they kind of just they're trying to do their best yeah. It, honestly, it's a great sitcom. Um, I mean, there's one episode. Basically, the whole pre- me, and, me and Laura finished watching an episode of it, and I was like, "That's so that whole episode was about them making a pizza." And then we were like, "Yeah, I think that's true." So like, <laughs> stuff happens, but they're largely in a kitchen waiting for a pizza to cook, and that is the full thirty minutes of the show. But, but you, that is genius. You, th- I think that the simplest premises are often often made for the best sitcoms. I mean, I, I you know I rag on Friends as being very very poorly outdated now, but the episode the one where no one's ready, mm-hmm. literally all that is is no one's ready on time for an event, and yeah. it's one of their strongest episodes because it's basically just like a little stage play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a great show. It's on it's all on iPlayer. I think the series three is coming out next year, but they've just done like a special like a forty five minute special which. Uh, I haven't watched yet. I need to get to that one, but uh, that's great. It's genius. It's a lot of comedy these days. I think hits and misses. You know, it's mm. very rare that like, you get classic comedies in the vein of like Peep Show, Father Ted. You know, things that were kicking around a few years ago. I think it's mm. one of still those... open all hours. <laughs> I think it's one of those gentle comedies that really hits home because it's a bit like um, if you've seen the Detectorists. I it's knew he was going to say, of, I knew it. It's that kind of lilting, quite lyrical comedy. Nothing, nothing. I like the things where it's nothing's really happening, mm-hmm. but it's every all of life is there in in that kind of like you know just two guys, um, Lance and and, and, and Mackenzie Group. But the same with the, this country. It's just those people just being themselves is just it's mm. you can it's your everything's reflected in it. I can't remember the last time I, I really laughed out loud at a sitcom. There was Staff Let's Flats on Channel 4 earlier this year, but that was just baffling, which I, and I really enjoyed that. But I think this is like a genuinely a sitcom I will go back and revisit many a time because I think there's just there's, there's jokes in there. Like, like with The Office, you, you go back... It is dated now, but you go back and watch it and you still laugh at some of the jokes in there because there's some, there's some classic stuff in there that you forget about. And I think it's one of these ones in like two or three years' time, I'll put it on again and I'll have forgotten some of the major jokes, some of the insults they throw at each other, and I'll, I'll, I'll find it's just as funny as I did now. So, this country, go and watch it. Watch your other pick. Oh, God, he's racing me. Just <laughs> can't wait to get this. I bet he picks Westworld. I bet he's like, I really like Westworld and Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll wait to get to him. What what is your next pick? This is a bizarre, it's a really bizarre one. It's a reality TV show. Okay. Wait wait for it. So this was on BBC Two on Sunday nights. Very recently, been replaced by Louis Farouk, which um, I shouldn't talk about anymore. Um, but it was it was a show called Last Chance Lawyer NYC. So this was follows the exploits of criminal defense attorney Howard Greenberg. He may be the maverick of New York courtrooms, yet at home his wife is the judge and jury. This is Howard Green uh, Greenberg. Uh, um, okay, so is, is he looks like, like Martin Scorsese. Is this like one of those sort of fly on the wall docu soaps, a bit like Million Dollar Listing and that kind of thing? Or like no, it's something completely different. So imagine like. 
curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. But with mm-hmm. legal stuff. Because this guy is very similar to Larry David. He has no courtroom decorum. He changes trousers half in the street, <laughs> like behind his car door. And, and this is real. This is real. And this could, people come to this guy for genuine for legal advice. <laughs> he's absolutely insane. And people like when people find out that he's going to be, they're going to be against. And they're like, oh god, because they genuinely like, don't know what what his unpredictable behaviors. Like. But he's very funny as well. Like he's very, he's very witty. He, he doesn't like he doesn't walk in with a proper briefcase or notes as you'd expect a lawyer to. No, he's got little scraps of paper which are barely unreadable, mostly pictures drawn on. And he, <laughs> he will go from the case from that, like, oh yeah, this is what this is the this is a person's defence, and it'll just be a scrap of paper that he's potentially ripped off another bit, a big, bigger, bigger <laughs> bit of paper. Honestly, it's genius. He calls his wife Booper for no apparent <laughs> reason whatsoever, and she's like Susie from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it's like imagine Larry and Susie living together. He's a toy collector. He spends all of his money on toys, which he doesn't open, and he lives. He always goes to a toy shop at weekends and is ordering in random figures that he doesn't need. So he's Keith Bloomfield. No, he's not <laughs> Keith Bloomfield. I, I have no legal training whatsoever. <laughs> I, I struggle to. It's hard to explain, like what this show is but it's kind of almost like a reality comedy documentary about a very eccentric lawyer. How have how have we how have we missed it? I feel like BBC kind of showed that it was going to be a bit he was going to be a bit of an eccentric character but I think until you watched an episode of it you you mm-hmm. didn't get that completely and you're like this guy's fantastic I can't wait to see what he does next he's uh He's utterly insane. Is but it he available was, on iPlay? It is available on okay. iPlay because it's okay. only just finished out. But I highly recommend it. Because I, I felt just like I was watching an episode of Curb. It was very funny. He's, uh, I, can't, I hope they do more because he is a true eccentric. So that's uh, Last Chance Lawyer NYC. <laughs> I may or may not be checking that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Lee Price, what are you loving right now? Okay. Well, um, like I said earlier, I spent most of my week just being practically passed out but when I was a- awake um, two shows have come to Netflix at Halloween that I was very excited for oh I hope he says the one thing I hope he says, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he says that one thing um, so the first one is uh, Castlevania oh okay. uh, season two yes. so yes. season two of Castlevania started up and I'd actually forgotten in the time since the first season just how funny that show is because it's it's obviously it's a very dark thing and it's got Dracula and, and all this kind of stuff but it's the relationship between Trevor Belmont and Alucard they're mm. basically like a bickering married couple because like Alucard's who's the son of Dracula but they're both kind of working together to try and stop Dracula but they're just constantly sniping at each other and just making sarcastic comments at each other Trevor's just done with everything and yet he's got to basically save the world and he's just like oh for God's sake um one and of the things I loved about the first season I haven't seen season mm-hmm. two yet but one of the things I did love about the first season was Richard Armitage's sort of just yes. very much over delivery and, and yeah. his voice work of yes, that character yeah. um, it's just such a fantastic show like I mean in season two there's a there's a Viking vampire who's working for Dracula played by Peter Stormare and <laughs> he is just the most ridiculous character like he um, one of his defining things when he first appears is that he, when, whoever he meets, he'll kill, have sex with them, or turn them into a boat. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and just he's just constantly like he's he's the kind of vampire who just wants to he just wants to revel in the killing and just you know have live the the best undead life and all the rest of it. And it's just such a really 
ridiculous show sometimes. Why does he turn them into a boat? I think it's he's a, a Viking. I think it's a joke, Callum. Yes. I think it's an example of using humour to progress yes. the story and elicit a humorous oh. response. Can, oh. I, can I point out, when Callum raises his hand to ask a question, he has it very much like a Pinocchio puppet, because he rests it on his one hand and it's very wooden, very straight. <laughs> <laughs> I have Geppetto raise my hand. <laughs> and your second choice, Lee? The second choice is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You've got to watch it. Yeah. Did you think uh, he was going to say Haunting of Hill House? No, I thought he was going to say the Christine McMillan or whatever it was. Oh, the, the chilling show. There's been a lot of great spooky content okay. on Netflix this year. But um, yeah, so Sabrina, go. Sabrina. Um, I watched. I obviously I used to watch the original Sabrina, Teenage Witch. This is a very different animal. It's very dark, um, and it's just it's such a really. When I first saw the, when I first heard, oh, they're going to do a dark, edgy reboot of Sabrina, I was like, okay, here we go, this is going to be terrible. But then I saw the trailer, and it was like, it's dark, but it's also got some dark humor in it as well, mm. um, and just it's it's standing how they've kept a lot of the same relationships from the original show, but twisted them. So you've got you're talking about the aunts, aren't you? Yes, the aunts <laughs> especially. You've got so Hilda and Zelda, they kind of almost kind of occupy the same spaces but they don't at the same time so Zelda's a lot more strict and a lot more um, almost evil Um, and then you've got Hilda who was always kind of the the sort of laid back doing whatever but now she's kind of more the sort of soft sympathetic one and I just really like how they've changed that dynamic Um, and it's just it's just been a really interesting show so far haven't watched the whole thing but I so I binged the whole thing over Halloween weekend Mm -hmm. and I um I, I, I found that um, Kin and Shipka as Sabrina is maybe the weakest link and, and mm. all of the teenage characters weren't really engaging to me mm-hmm. but what more they made up for that were um, Aunt Hilda, Aunt Zelda, yeah. um, Cousin Ambrose and yeah. then Michelle Gomez as Miss Wardwell who's yeah. just, she's basically playing Missy from Doctor Who but turned up to a million. Mm-hmm. No, it- turned up to... 666 actually <laughs> and it's she just some of her delivery of just of the lines oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and just also like the real dark glee of seeing mm-hmm. you know a beloved um, sort of uh, role model kind of adult figure from, from a, a sitcom in the 90s go hail Satan yes. just like every, yeah. that, that takes some getting used to but the, mm-hmm. the, yeah I, I absolutely agree with you the sort of the dark humour and the delicious glee yes. with which everyone is just chewing up that scenery mm-hmm. especially makes, um, uh, Richard Coyle Oh, as yeah. um, as Father Blackwood, yeah, he... and um, Tati Gabrielle as Prudence Knight. They kind of have these three girls who mm-hmm. all basically are reenacting the craft. Yeah, when I, uh, in my yeah. head, that's what it was. When yeah, I, was it. I could see and that. The Weird Sisters, they're very, very cool. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really sold on the YA elements of it, but mm-hmm. the the just sort of fun of watching yes. black magic happen on TV is yeah. always great. I'm glad you've recommended it. Yeah, because. I was, cu- I was hugely curious about this because it's kind of riffing off um, Archie comics have, have yes, got a strand yes, called is, yeah. Afterlife with Archie and yeah. I, I understood that this was influenced quite a lot mm-hmm. by this current run of yes. Sabrina comics that they're yes. doing which I don't think is quite finished yet I think they've it's been on a hiatus for a, a mm-hmm. long time so I haven't quite finished that run but it did get that vibe and the colour mm-hmm. scheme they're using is what they've been using mm-hmm. in the comics a lot so I was kind of hoping that I it was going to run that way I think from what I've looked up and what I've seen in the credits I think the writer for the comic might be working on the show as ah, well he's cool. the showrunner so it's yeah. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa I yeah, think I is his name he's yeah. the showrunner for Riverdale as well mm. and it's very much the same thing of taking this sort of beloved comic yeah. character and 
giving it the Twin Peaks Pretty Little Liars mm-hmm. treatment and it's as long as you accept it's not Melissa Joan Hart it's not the 90s yes, yeah. Salem does not talk no which is which is my main uh, one complaint is the lack of a <laughs> sassy cat but as well props to four music who mm-hmm. have been running ads for the last week and a half promoting the fact that they're now showing the older version of Sabrina uh-huh. the Teenage oh, Witch oh, on it yes. <laughs> oh good because everyone's been saying on Twitter like, oh Netflix now would be a perfect time to add all of the old mm. series because um, everyone's being so nostalgic for it but yeah. clearly the rights are elsewhere yeah. does, it, does it say something about my character that like I really fancy Michelle Gomez and she like plays like a psycho and always unhinged characters like Doctor Who, Chillin's Adventure, Sabrina, Green Wing. She, but she it's it's that sort of um she's she's like a femme fatale in everything she plays. Just mm. her delivery of the line, My, that looks like a heavy pizza. <laughs> just like everything about her is just brilliant. And she mm-hmm. it's like no matter what the characters are doing, she is glowering and sort of smiling wickedly in the background. And it's just mm-hmm. like she steals she doesn't well I was gonna say she doesn't even steal scenes she just sort of people just give them to her like no, no one else is working on the level that she is working no one else is doing the most in the way that she is doing mm-hmm. on that show yeah alright Milky Bar Kid what about you <laughs> I mean my choices are Westworld and Geppetto so uh, <laughs> hang on a minute it's not called Geppetto is it is it oh okay, so he's, he's anyway. recommending his creator <laughs> 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 he made me really good and he varnished me really well um, no so I've been on like a um, BBC drama binge at the minute of like going through all like the um, recent shows EastEnders <laughs> no drama not soaps that's a drama okay enough, enough anyway what, what is your first on? pick so my first pick I think um, I don't I haven't heard much publicity for this and I don't think many people are on this but press yeah, because it was rubbish. It's not rubbish. I heard about it, but like everyone else, I did not watch it. <laughs> anyway, so I, well, despite everybody else, I think it's actually really good in that it sort of, if you don't know, it follows like editors and journalists at two sort of loose rival newspapers. So you've got like this sort of more local, um, quite left leaning newspaper, and then you've got like, like the this. Reddit Standard. Th- huh? Like the Reddit Standard. I don't know what that is. No, carry on. Anyway, and then you've got this like right-leaning, sensationalist tabloid newspaper that totally isn't the Sun, but is essentially that. Um, and it's just sort of following like the pressures that the modern world has like affected to these people, um, the concerns about like their jobs, um, and also the sort of moral dilemma of like their integrity versus like the reality that they face of like sensationalism of clickbait of some of the sort of um sleazy shady manipulative things that people in that in the media industry do in particularly in pre- uh, in like newspapers how journalists have integrity that's, that's oh, i'm surprised to hear that <laughs> uh well, i mean well yeah I'm, I'm sure there's like two out there <laughs> and uh your next choice and my next choice, I know, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of this by now, and is sick of hearing how amazing it is. But Killing Eve, I, I am not sick of hearing about no good spoilers, it is. I, because I, I haven't watched episodes seven and eight yet. I was going to say I we, we won't spoil the ending, but but it, it's it's great, right? It's it just is great. great, yeah. And I'm sorry, but Jodie Connor, is it Jodie Connor? Jodie Comer, I think. Jodie Comer. Oh my god, she's amazing. And that's the thing. Everyone was talking about how good Sandra Oh is because she's the bigger name, and she is brilliant. But yeah. Jodie Comer, who I had only ever seen in a few episodes of my mad, fat teenage diary, 
like a few years I'm ago. Sure she was in that. She she is she's a revelation. Just the accents and the languages and and the just like the 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 really subtle face work. Um, she yeah she. It's probably one of my favourite performances of the year, actually. I'm sorry, but we say Michelle. Uh, we're saying earlier that Michelle Gomez steals any scene that she's in. Jodie Co- uh, Coma, Coma. <laughs> I can't say her name. Anyway, Jodie Coma steals every scene, mm. every episode without fail. Like just faultless delivery. It's just and such an interesting oh. character as well. I, I I genuinely went into it thinking she might... Well, the, the trailer gave me hope, but I did think that she would be sort of like this bland, by-the-numbers sort of emotionless person, but they made her so intriguing. Well, kind of like you. <laughs> all right, all right, play nice, boys. <laughs> anyway, but they gave her so much, like, depth and complexity, and, like, she's not just portrayed as this cold killer. She is, she's emotional, and she's allowed to be. And we sort of, we get hints at that, but it's never like, it doesn't overpower her character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Sandra O's oh amazing too. If not, a little bit more basic. Ooh. <laughs> wow. No, she's a good character. She's a good character. I mean, I, she's let's, not just, quite yeah, as... let's be diplomatic and just say the entire cast is phenomenal. Yes. Um, Fiona Shaw, that. actually. Fiona Shaw is is another kind of really slightly weird side character who just yeah. has some great lines yeah um okay so my recommendations um so first thing first up is um the book i'm reading right now it is a novel that's just come out it's called the psychology of time travel by kate mascarenhas i think i'm pronouncing that right um basically it's a really interesting puzzle of a book um it's a locked room murder mystery set in a world where time travel has been invented um, so it opens in 1969. Four female scientists are working away in seclusion in this bunker in the middle of nowhere, uh, and basically working on the first functioning time machine. Then we jump ahead to 2018, and a body has been found in a locked room. And it's basically, um, it flits between the, t- the perspectives of um, the scientists working in the past, and then it soon becomes apparent that they are connected to the person who has been murdered in the present. And it goes all over the place uh, in terms of setting and, and time period. And it asks some really interesting questions about if time travel were real, what would it do to us as as a species? If you can meet yourself, if, if you can meet any version of yourself from any area of your life, if you can go and visit your own gravestone what does that do to your head how does it affect the way we think about our own mortality how does it make us think about the value of other people's lives if you know someone's going to die and you know when they're going to die how does that affect the way you interact with them and and what does that do to human relationships so it's really sort of asks very interesting questions but also it's just like a really good murder mystery as well so that's the psychology of time travel that's what I'm reading right now do you think they'll make a film of it oh at some point they will yeah yeah um and then uh, another show, so, so a sort of a much lighter um, approach to the the tabloid stuff that that Callum was just talking about is Great News, which is a sitcom on Netflix. Well, is that like a bit kind of like Thirty Rock? It's, I mean, it's produced by Tina Fey, um, written by a, a woman called Tracy Wickfield, I think. Um, so it's the premise is this woman works on a, a cable news show in New Jersey, and her mother, her sixty or seventy year old mother. Um, gets uh, an internship, an unpaid internship, because she wants to finally start her own career after being a full-time wife and mother for her entire life. 
Um, that's the premise, but really, and it, it's a lot. A lot of it is about the mother and daughter relationship. But what I've really enjoyed about it is just, again, like Thirty Rock, like Kimmy Schmidt, it's the cast of supporting characters who work at this cable news channel who are just incredibly weird. Um, and my special favorite is a breakout performance, an utter revelation, I have to say, by Nicole Richie as the it. as the anchor. <laughs> She's so funny her comic timing and she's basically playing herself like it's it's not even well well you know sort of well crafted like the 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 deceit she's playing nicole ritchie playing um i think her name is portia um but it's just a really funny performance she's her comic timing is excellent and she gets to really skewer the whole like instagram famous young celebrity um sort of vacuous kardashiany persona um and she just plays that part so so well, and it's hilarious. Were you sold? Because I, I stumbled across that show purely because the image I get on Netflix when you search through had Tina Fey front and center. So, so the image I got, I was like, oh, something Tina Fey's in. That kind of like, then went through it, and it was like, okay, this is interesting. So Tina Fey comes in. I, I'm I'm currently making my way through season two, and Tina Fey comes in. I think she's in the first couple of episodes of season two as their new boss. Um, and it's clearly it's it's a it's sort of a guest appearance. She's not in the full cast, but every now and then she will pop up um, and do like a guest appearance. And 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 she's very very funny as well, playing that sort of the um, the stereotype of the female CEO who's who has it all. Um, and it's again, it's just dialed up to eleven. She's like, oh yeah, I, I, all of my children were born on a plane, so they could be citizens of the sky, and also for tax purposes. <laughs> I've got some bad news for you, though, Phil. That's been cancelled. Oh no! Oh, okay. I'm going to really make the most of the three episodes I have left. Yeah, it's, I think it didn't do very well in the ratings, which is a shame because it did look very good. It was very funny, and it makes some really funny points about fake news and about f- shows like Fox News and the media circus of like, oh, we have to have balanced debates, and we're going to invite two equally crazy people on the show mm-hmm. and just have them shout at each other. Sounds about like this show. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we wrap this up then? Who, who, what, what were your? What? Okay, fifty kids um, going to bang, hundred kids going to. Mine a was the first season of Cloak and Dagger, currently on Amazon Prime, and a it's just finished, so it'll be available in trade in a few weeks' time. Was the uh, Matthew Rosenberg Multiple Man series? Uh, this country, BBC iPlayer, and Last Chance Lawyer NYC, also on BBC iPlayer. Uh, Castlevania, the animated series, and uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, both on Netflix. Um, press, despite what everybody else says, available now on Netflix, and Killing Eve, also available on Netflix. Don't you mean Not BBC Netflix, iPlayer? BBC iPlayer. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even BBC get that right. Oh. Geppetto weren't pulling your strings right then. <laughs> and my picks were The Psychology of Time Travel by Kate Mascarenhas, which is in all good bookshops, and Great News, the I Am Just Learning short-lived sitcom, two seasons now on Netflix. <laughs> and Ryan messaged us to say his picks were Rory McIlroy's PGA Golf Tour. so 2018 so far has been a pretty good year at cinema as far as i'm concerned i've seen a lot of really good movies this year i've seen a lot of the uh time for a tasty debrief advert which we all know you love um so we've got (laughs) we've got quite a few films coming out before the end of the year i mean it's a pretty packed couple of months seven weeks to go get your films out get them in so we're going to have a quick chat now about the films that are coming up and which ones we think uh, are going to be the hits and misses of the next two months. Um, so we're going to start off with what, what will probably be the biggest box office hit, and that's Mary Poppins Returns. I'm totally on board for this. 
I'm, I'm literally. I'm, I'm <laughs> the one, only one who's excited about something. I think it looks great. I never saw Mary Poppins as a child, so I'm kind of interested. (laughs) I didn't realise Mary Poppins was a nanny. (laughs) 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 Um, I mean, the first trailer didn't sell it to me. It looked a little bit kind of that live-action Disney thing that they've been infected with recently, and that was like, let's just make it overly CG and not really worth it. But then the latest trailer where they had proper animated penguins... Mm-hmm. Kind of made me warm a little bit to it. I'm I'm liking the fact they're used in traditional 2D. I think the, my biggest sticking point is Emily Blunt. Nothing against her as an actress. I'm just not quite seeing how she's gonna kind of step into uh, Julie Andrews' shoes as that particular character. No, but you could say that no matter who the actress is. So it's sort of mm. because it's such an iconic yeah. performance mm-hmm. and it's such an iconic character. Um, I think you kind of have to just sort of leave that at the door and embrace it for what it is, which is going to be a new story and a new interpretation of the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the new live-action Disney stuff, but this is maybe the one that appeals to me the most. You've got Lynn manuel Miranda writing the songs. Um, like you said, you've got the proper 2D animation, which is, like that takes a box for me because the CG stuff doesn't do it for me. So, I mean... It's going to be light Christmas fun. And, yeah. And Dick Van Dyke is in there. He is. And I'm kind of yeah. curious about how they do that, so that's interesting. I'm just um, going to be disappointed if Michael Rooker doesn't show up like partway through for at least a cameo, just because <laughs> there is, it's so needed. It would just be greatly appreciated. I think that's going to be a Blu-ray extra later. later on. <laughs> um, the next one we've got on our list is um, coming from uh, Illumination Studios, which is The Grinch. Um, a few trailers have been going out on TV and stuff for that recently, and there's a lot of billboards out for it. Utterly pointless remake. However, I can see why they've done it for the kids because the Jim Carrey one, like looking back, it's a bit dated, it's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, I love it, but I don't. I feel this is like going to be more like the original cartoon, a bit more family friendly. Although, but I don't approve of the no- November 9th release date. Yeah, it's it's far too early. Um, the original animation is a, a, a cast iron classic. It's mm-hmm. Chuck Jones animation, Boris Karloff narration. It, it's impeccable. Uh, in itself I, this one I don't get that there's an actual reindeer in the trailer what's, oh is Max what's, not in it Max is in it but then he's got a real reindeer it just seems like a bit of a mismatch of, of concepts and stuff but Cumberbatch is a good call for the voice yeah. oh maybe does he just answer the phone going I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so ha- I haven't seen the animated version but I've obviously seen the Jim Ste- Perry version he steals Christmas Callan <laughs> how does the so how does the animated one differ from like the Jim Carrey one like as a Obviously, it's, it's about an hour shorter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's generally the same story, but obviously, with the Jim Carrey version, they give him a backstory, which yeah. you don't get. The, the animated one is literally the book, yeah, just read out. Um, so they give him obviously the Jim Carrey one. They give him a bit of backstory, but I think that's kind of all you need, really. I don't. It's mm-hmm. it's a. I'm not seven. So it's it, this is not a film that I'm, I'm but going you, to see. Callan, but you, you are, so it, you probably love this. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of kids out there that have grown up on dis- Despicable Me's and Minions that, mm. that'll just yeah. Think it feels it feels like just an attempt to do something for Christmas. Yeah, for the current Get generation of kids. Yeah. Do something for the kids. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got Kurt Russell as Father Christmas for me, <laughs> so that's all good. Um, next up, we've got Aquaman. <laughs> I mean, do we need to say any more yeah. than that? Really? Yeah. Meh. Another flop for DC. Mm. I mean, all the way to the bank, lads. Okay, if if I've got to be nice about DC, you don't have. I think he was the best one. I think minus. Come on, this is not a show where you need to be nice to DC. Minus Wonder Woman. Minus Wonder Woman. That's what I was going to say. He is probably the 
best in the DC universe, but that's about it, really. In terms of getting a charismatic lead to carry what is going to be a terrible film, they could do worse than Jason Momoa. I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's going to... I'm sure he'll be great. Yeah, he's going yeah. to be fantastic, because he was a standout in the, in the uh, Justice League movie. Could be good. It looks a little bit too CG heavy for me, but you know, I, I doubt it'll be good. But as long as he's good, as long he's as good. at some point in the film he says outrageous, <laughs> which would be kind of cool. Uh, next up, we've got the remake of Guy's uh, horror pick from the other week, which is Suspiria. Mm. Blood, urine, and drool. I'm all on board for this. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see the original, and then I'll, yeah, same, I will catch same. the remake when it comes to streaming. I feel like you don't need to see the original to see this. So from what I'm hearing, it's like. It's the sto- the whole the element the stories there the ballet school, uh, but I think with this it's going to be a completely different experience. And I think you can go into this without mm. ever watching the original. It's cool if you know the original, but I think with this it's going to be. Something. I think it'll be probably be better not to know the original. Yeah, I think mm. in some ways because that that film sits on its own as a, as a good example of the, the Galio cinema in terms of, of what it is. So that's. I think I think it's going to be one of the experiences of the year. Yeah, if you if you if you don't get mixed up between that and the Grinch when you go to the cinema, <laughs> I, I have heard comparisons to Mother. <laughs> I'm totally there. <laughs> Fairly justified. Um, next up, we've got not a Cloverfield movie, uh, Overlord. No, I don't think I'm not feeling this. I, so I saw the full trailer for this when I went to see the Halloween sequel the other day. Um, I mean, sort of weird horror experiments in World War Two feels like it's been done. It just feels cheap, like it just looks cheap and a bit tacky. It just direct a video. Although I didn't, I didn't know why Russell was Kurt Russell's uh, son until the other day. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a calendar. That's not as bad as calendar. It's not as bad. I said it's a bit more obscure. Yeah, I mean, at least you do know that Kate Hudson is his yeah daughter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> okay. I, I, it might, could be interesting. I'd like it that it was still a Cloverfield movie in some description. Was it meant to this, be? Yeah, but we yeah, originally it was going to be paradox. part of that uh, kind of tying in as and the then, same. And, and then they, when when Paradox went down the flop, tubes, yeah. Yeah. They, they went. Oh, it's, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> so that might be good. Um, the next one's a, a weird one. I'm not kind of sure how this all fits in, but it's still in a spider's web. Um, so it's kind of coming back. To these characters, but with a whole set of new actors. So, so. it's Claire Foy of yeah. Netflix's The Crown as Elizabeth Salander. I mean, in my opinion, the original trilogy with Numi Rapace, she was great. I didn't see the Rooney Mara version, but basically, this, so this is the the new the new books that are being written by a new author because the original author is no longer with us. In my opinion, the books are not well written or maybe it's just because they're a translation from Swedish that it, the, the, the writing mm. never worked for me but the story it's really good gritty hardcore crime and so it'll make an interesting two hours I reckon I'm annoyed because this is potentially going to be the reason why Suspiria doesn't get into Birmingham Broad Street so I'll have to go away <laughs> to the NEC so every time I see a trailer I'm a little bit sort of like you don't need to come out right now <laughs> I think the Claire Foy effect is definitely going to the give Claire it a boost. Foy effect. I like that. Yeah. That should be a name yeah. of a band. Because I think a lot of people are going to go because they went, oh, I like The Crown. She's very good. So I think that's going to bring, that's going to bring a lot of an audience a to A character it. who is the polar opposite to the Queen of England. <laughs> so I think a lot of people will come out and go, whatever. Um, next up, we've got one that I, I'm kind of curious about because I quite like the trailer. It's the um, Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley's Holmes and Watson. I love Step Brothers. I think it's one of the best comedy films of all time. So I couldn't be more excited to see these two on screen again. Okay, I wish it was Step Brothers too, but I think they're they're the pair of them are like 
they they work like Rob Ferrell has been rubbish recently, but I think when it'll be back with John C. Riley, I think they'll be back on form because like I think it's just something about the two of them when they're together mm-hmm. works. It's not going to be the best film in the world. It's going to be a dumb comedy, but if they're prattin' around, it's what I want to see from that pair. I kind of like, kind of like the idea of a uh, a reverent take on Holmes because mm-hmm. um, over the past <clears throat> few years he's been you know built up as this kind of great character again and I kind of like there's a couple of comedy versions of Holmes that have come before which I quite like um, so I kind of like those those are pretty good um, then we've got uh, a film I'm going to give it its full title Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them The Crimes of Grindelwald um, thank you next <laughs> oh, <not really. laughs> yeah you, I think Phil's you've, you've written a whole piece on your I've, thoughts I've about written two uh, oh, <laughs> um yeah, so I, 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 I'm conflicted because I kind of like the Harry Potter universe. So, oh, no, no. But then, then we've got uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph <laughs> Breaks the Internet. <laughs> the I don't know what to think of this one because I enjoyed the first Wreck-It Ralph, mm-hmm. but I just don't really know what they're doing with this one. Making money. It's, yeah. So yeah, Wreck-It Ralph, the first one, was that kind of nostalgia trip through all the yeah. video games that everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. And is it now just going to be, oh, here... Here's just a load of memes you remember yeah, from that's, a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's what it just seems to be. Isn't it's just it like memes rather than Disney princesses as well, though. Like where they have that whole they, like, thing with her. They reanimated that whole sequence after the trailer went out because people were not happy with some of the representations of the characters, which is quite interesting. In what way? Oh yeah, wasn't it something like they Tiana, Tiana was light skin? Yeah. Oh. Um, um, which is a, a yeah a very problematic. Um, I mean, I, I I imagine that the princesses scene is probably going to be like two minutes out of the entire movie, but that's just yeah. what they've we've been probably using to seen it. the whole scene. Yeah, yeah, I think it lacks a little bit of the charm of mm-hmm. the first one. Um, I don't I don't think there's enough in there to kind of bring mm-hmm. us back. It was like the characters, but just the, doesn't seem. It's the first work. film was a stretch of an idea at the most, and I think this is stretching. I'll go and see it, but I think it's a stretch. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman doing voice work is always where yeah. we're going. Um, next up, we've got. I, I think it's a bit of a dark horse because I just don't get where this film's coming from whatsoever. It's um, Robin Hood. Do we need another one? I mean, I saw this trend in the cinema and I was laughing. Cause I didn't even know there's Taran's. another one. Well, I did. It's I, Taron Egerton, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't understand how it, you'd got this kind of middle, uh, it, you know. 14th century whatever setting and then everybody's wandering around in Armani suits and then weird stuff's going on it's like what what what's going on I don't get it it's going to flop so hard and everybody involved needs to hold their head in shame I mean, when was the last time we had a Robin Hood movie when Robin, that was either when Russell Crowe had a career that was <laughs> good or made money that Robin Hood movie Kevin Costner yeah Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is probably the best straight Everything uh, I do. Was, that was that was a good Robin Hood. I mean, Robin Hood Men in Tights. The fox. <laughs> it's that good everyone well. fancied. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan of um, Ridley Scott's Gladiator. I mean, in God, tights. the 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 accents that they were all doing. <laughs> Kate Kate Blanchett just coming in like she's northern, but then also a bit sort yeah. of Scottish. Yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm I don't think I'll go and see it at the cinema, but I am curious mm. to see how it all fits together in this mm. kind of strange universe that creating. I think it's a, it's a silly little film that shouldn't have been made. No one wants that. My um, next up, we've got what I think is my second fa- second favorite pick of this whole list, uh, in, and it's Spider Man: Enter the Spider Verse. Uh, it's an animated movie from Sony Studios, but it looks 
amazing mm -hmm. and it's having uh, different Spider-Man in, in the Spider-Man universe you've got Spider-Man from different multiverses there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Peter Parkers and Spider-Man um, but I kind of like there's a, a way they're doing this that they are animating each version of the Spider-Man in a different style so the noir one looks different and then you've got Spider-Ham who looks slightly different uh, but it looks really good uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for this. I, I could see so many ways that this could go wrong completely. I, I feel like this and Venom has been Sony still trying to milk the Amazing Spider-Man bandwagon, mm -hmm. where they should be like totally sticking with the the Kevin Feige Marvel side of things instead of trying to make their own little Spider-Man projects. I think this is. I mean, don't think people are going to get this. I think like this is something that I, I'd, I'd maybe like take my nephew to or show him on TV. To, to entertain him for a couple of hours but I think this is it's pointless I know I think, you're going to be well into it but I think I, it's pointless I'm just kind of I'm fascinated by the animation techniques they're using because they're using a lot of like split screen and sound effects on screen and stuff so as an as a exercise in animation I think it's going to be amazing hmm. um, how it all ties into the whole wider Spidey universe but I think it's a good way of um, where Venom struggles a bit more segueing into the Marvel universe I think this idea of multiple universes gives them that option to go we're over here but over there is the you know it wouldn't surprise me if they had a shot where you can see through a portal and you see the live action Tom Holland mm. um, Spider-Man that would work for me in this they could go yeah. we're out we're, we know we're animated and, and but there's a real live mm. action Spider-Man in this I just feel that Sony need to not be investing in projects like this and saving the very the very few funds they have left uh, to use on more sensible projects. I think Sony should use the funds they have left in an upcoming Carnage movie and should definitely make that, and I was very disappointed that he didn't play a major <laughs> role in Venom. Um, next up we've got a uh, another film that looks epic, but I wasn't sold on the trailers. Uh, it's Mortal Engines. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go quiet. Not much I, with this. I, so this, is, this was a book that was out when I was a kid. And it's finally being turned into a film. And I just feel like it's 10 years too late. I feel like it should have, maybe, if they'd wanted to make it, they could have. They should have done it around the same time as The Golden Compass. Because mm -hmm. it sort of seems to be a similar kind of alternate world. Um, I don't know. Just like a, I, I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, yeah. Like Clearly, millions of dollars were spent to make this film that looks so uninteresting. Yeah, I mean, Hugo Weaving as well is an interesting choice for an actor because he's just not... Like do Elrond, yeah. but then but not him because we don't want to get sued. But again, I think the the problem I've got is that it looks too fake. You know, you see things like Laputa or Howl's Moving Castle, and they do kind of moving mm. cities and things in there. This just looks a little bit. Bleh. I'm not I'm not sold on it. I'll go and see it. Maybe when I finish work one day. You've got a Cineworld card, so you'll be all right. <laughs> then I'll have to see Tasty Debrief, man. Um, so. And to court controversy, uh, this film is the one I'm most looking forward to at this list. Uh, and it's the standalone Bumblebee movie. Why are you looking mm. forward to this? Get out, Because <laughs> the guy they brought in to direct it, Travis Knight, um, has directed uh, Kubo and the Two Strings and is a founding member of the Leica uh, studio, which has done Car Caroline, Paranorman, and Box Trolls. And I think he's going to bring... Uh, what was good about the first generation Transformers to this film he's got, a, he's got a lightness of touch he's a very good visual director and from what I've seen in the trailers the Transformers already look ten times more convincing than the monstrosities we've had in the past that had far too many moving parts um, and I think it's going to be 
a soft reboot for the Transformers universe. So I think it should be quite good. I'm quite looking mm. forward to it. Nah. I don't care. I'm I'm still not going to watch nah. it. Cine will pass. Philistines. <laughs> um, and then last on the list, uh, I've got uh, a film. I enjoyed the first one. I uh, thought it was very, very good. Uh, we've got Creed 2. I've never seen a Rocky film, so I am. No, I've, I've not what? watched a single no. Rocky film. Not interested. Never seen a Rocky film? Lee? No, I've never seen a never Rocky seen film. A, never seen a Rocky film? I have an older brother, so yes, I have seen all the Rocky films. <laughs> <laughs> and, and given the man who's in Creed 2, I'm fairly certain that Phil will be there first in well, line. Michael Bay Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, none well. of you have seen Creed? No. 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 So, no. no oh my goodness, film. you must go and correct that, that straight away because that was um, Ryan Coogler's... Uh, directorial debut I, don't, I believe I don't I feel think that. was Fruit Rail Station before that was it was it released before I don't know if it was released before in this country I don't, it's a bit confusing I, I, but, I don't remember but basically yeah. so yeah if you loved Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther then watch Creed Creed is great movies. I'm not sure I can trust movie. a man who said that he wants to see Bumblebee no, Creed is a, <laughs> Creed is a really good movie and um, if, if that continues in Creed 2 I think it should so, be a treat because none of us have well minus you two how does it compare to like the Rocky films obviously the first Rocky and then Creed or like the Rocky's better like um, just quickly though like. well, Rocky Balboa it still appears in the Creed franchise yeah it's connected very very loosely no not loosely oh. it's quite quite directly oh. connected to the Rocky films um, and I won't spoil it for you for, for that but it's definitely up there with Rocky's 1 and 2 Okay. In terms of how good they are, and it's, it's, and Coogler is a very very good director, and and I think uh, you sh- if you haven't seen Creed One, go and watch it right now, and then um, go and go use your Cineworld code to watch that instead of more engines. <laughs> so we know you you're looking forward to Bond movie the most. Let's quick round robin. Phil, you. Um, Fantastic Beasts, I think. Oh, <laughs> you could not pay me to go. Um, I think out of all of these, I'm probably going to say Girl in the Spider's Web. Or maybe Suspiria. Maybe I will check out the Suspiria remake. Callan? Mm, none of them really shout at me, so I'd probably just into the spider. Sorry, is that Callan? What did you say? The Grinch. The Grinch. Okay, <laughs> cool. You're Grinch. Cool. Lee? I think I'm gonna, probably going to share Phil's sentiment with this. Probably uh, go with the Spider's Web and Suspiria. Probably the most interesting ones there. What's well, no prizes for guessing? Mine's Suspiria. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? It's Geeky Goings On. And now it is time for Geeky Goings On. This is your Week in Geek. First up, from Thursday 8th to Sunday 18th of November, we have got Shout Festival here in Birmingham. Let it all out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. Shout grew out of a desire to celebrate and promote the diversity of Birmingham's LGBT cultural community. Launching in 2009, Shout Festival was created as a direct response to the significant lack of representation for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and queer people in Birmingham's arts venues. Then we've got uh, an eight awareness charity screening of Bohemian Rhapsody at the Mockingbird on Wednesday, 14th of December at 7 pm. Awesome. Who's that about, Callan? Um, um, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Oh the guy that was in that band. Um, um, <laughs> um, 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 he's Googling. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It is, it is, Add. Add. it is, I'm not padding at all. It is. Callan, we want to get out of here. We've got John to Deacon. Go to. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you troll. <laughs> 
Um, next up, we have got um, at the Mac Birmingham on Saturday, 10th of November at 7pm, Bargy on the Beach. I remember this from way back, written by Mira Sayal and part of the Fresh Off the Boat Asian comedy season from Victoria Park Productions. Bargy on the Beach um, is hosted by with a special Q&A by award-winning comedian and Bromi Shazia Mirza. I didn't know anything about this until like last week, but this film looks genuinely like really interesting. Like you didn't know anything about anything to last <laughs> week. No, but it looks really funny. But then it's also like really like deep at the same time. Like, well, this is it. You you can tell really powerful mm. stories when you use comedy. And Mira Sayal um, is a phenomenal writer. Um, for anyone who remembers the glory days of goodness gracious me, oh, what a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. um, then uh, Sunday 11th of November at 2pm at the Mac we have When the Wind Blows in this hand-drawn animated tale (laughs) (laughs) in this hand-drawn animated tale elderly married couple Hilda and Jim have their quiet simple lives interrupted when they learn of an impending nuclear attack not completely understanding the gravity of their situation Hilda and Jim react archaically and the film takes a dark turn as the radiation begins taking its toll Right, we've got uh, booking ahead now for uh, Friday the 14th of December at the Electric. We've got the Die Hard 30th Anniversary and Die Hard 2 Die Harder double bill. You can join the McLeans for the festive season as a celebration of true meaning of Christmas, family, friends and surviving one hell of a party. UPKA, Merry Christmas. How much are tickets? Do we know? Um, no, but you can click through to the Electric and you'll find out. Or well, you can probably, probably get there. it on DVD cheaper. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's one way to spend your Christmas. But it's, uh, it's booking ahead now, so get in quick because it will sell out pretty fast. Uh, game of the week. Okay. Um, so I looked at the wrong week for this. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I do know. Game what, of next week. I do know what's coming out. Um, uh, the Spyro Reignited trilogy is on its way out. So I'm going to make. I'm going to lose my PlayStation for about a month. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to make that my game. Or rather, games of the week, considering it's a remake of three games in the series. So, uh, very classic games and uh, definitely worth checking out. Podcast of the week. So, uh, I, I feel like I might have recommended this one before, but it feels very, very timely to recommend it again. Of so, the week. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's just been adapted into an Amazon Prime original series with Julia Roberts. Um, it's called Homecoming. It was the first scripted podcast series from Gimlet Media. It stars Catherine Keener, Oscar Isaac, David Schwimmer, David Cross, and Amy Sedaris. It's set at an experimental facility. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's a really interesting audio experience. It's made up of telephone calls therapy sessions and overheard conversations so it's a real kind of audio collage um, and then it sort of builds this mystery um, over over the series and it's best really just to go in knowing as little about it as possible it's a really interesting enjoyable show comic of the week four kids go into a bank they have and they've they've now left the bank uh, what did they leave the bank with with a, a series of collectible piggy banks right um, which they are going to put all their their well-earned pocket money into. Now, the comic of the week that I've got for you coming up this week is uh, Firefly. For those of you who are missing nice. the Fox show, um, Boom Studios, along with visionary, visionary writer and director Josh Whedon, presents an all-new era of the pop culture phenomenon, Firefly, as one of the most demanded stories in the franchise history is revealed for the first time. Focusing on family, loyalty, identity, and the price of redemption, writer Greg Pak and artist Dan McDade take you back to the battleground where Mal's journey began, the War of Unification. So it's a chance to kind of find out a little bit more of the backstory of all the characters you come to know and love. Last the week, some geek. Right, well, that's our show for this week. Thank you, everybody. Where can we find you on social media, Keith? You can find me on Twitter at hardluck underscore hotel and pretty much everywhere else with 
without the underscore. Check out my Flickr stream, which has got some of the production stills from the recent uh, Jaws 19 Geeky Brummy crossover job short film. Uh, so there's some production stills up there I took of I'm making it of that, so you can see Ryan in his glorious uh, costumed best. And a picture of Cameron Danes looking like a clown. <laughs> Guy, where can we find you? Oh, Vinyl Guy H Instagram. I ain't been putting records up late, so I feel like I shouldn't be promoting because I've been too busy playing games. Well, stabby pussy up, man. Just, you know, come oh, on. I know, yeah, I know. I need to get back on the listening. Just very. Lee Price, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret. It never, ever <laughs> fails to tickle me. What is the joke? I don't get it. It's just a funny name a, to yeah, have yeah. It on Twitter. It's like, just fun. Like, like, uh, like Baba Goose Media. That's like a funny <laughs> name to have on Twitter. It's funny once you explain it. The Cheap <laughs> Ferret needs no explanations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Callum, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bubba Audio. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you can. I changed my Twitter handle. B A B A Audio. But that's that's like Babardio. <laughs> You've got two A's next to each other. That's Babardio. Okay. Well. Um, so you can find him on Twitter at Babardio, and you can find me getting trolled to hell and back on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L underscore Ellis with two, and you can find all of us on. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Geeky Brummy. If you want to get in touch, you can message us at hello at geekybrummy.com and check out our amazing content on YouTube. You can find Ryan Parrish practicing his golf swing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was it what's Ryan's thing? Uh, so you can find Ryan doing food blogging at Bromy Garmond or golf blogging. <laughs> <laughs> golf blogging, doing his PGA golf blogging at Ryan Parrish on Twitter. Okay, uh, that's our show. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to support Geeky Brummy, you can do so at ko-fi.com forward slash Geeky Brummy. That's ko hyphen fi dot com forward slash Geeky Brummy. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.